0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. But growing up, MJ, like, I mean, he's the guy, man. Like, it's yeah. not...
1: Well, MJ. and you were, a jo- you were a Jordan athlete, so... I a Jordan athlete, but... Do I you mean, still get... Are you still... Hey, you retired. Are you still getting Jordan stuff? Are man, getting-
0: right now I'm still getting my boxes, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a-
1: Hey, welcome back to Believe in Dodgers with the Dugout Dudes. I'm your co-host, Brett Tomko, along with my partner, Josh Luke. Last week, we had on the incredible CC Sabathia for part one of our two-part podcast. We hit on some great topics, including CC's incredible weight loss and, you know, jacked physique. We hit on the 2009 World Series run. And this week, we'll hit on some really cool stuff. We'll talk about the... Uh, possibility of CC entering the Hall of Fame, which I think he's a no-brainer. And we'll get into a few other things as well. So sit back and enjoy part two of CeCe Sabathia. Yeah. Did you ever think it's weird? This is kind of off topic. Um, seeing all the Yankees greats walk around the clubhouse. Like, old-timers day for me that, that year, like, I was blown away. Like, it almost doesn't seem real. You have the yeah. Yogi Berra, Reggie Jackson, Whitey Ford, all these guys that, like, seem like mythical, like, fictional baseball characters walking around the club. And you get to, like, hang out and, and route. Yogi Berra was hilarious.
0: Yogi was the best. But, like like you said, it's just, like, baseball gods. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you get a chance to put that uniform on, so then you're kind of, like, a part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that back wall that we have in the clubhouse where every, Everybody signed that's it. That's insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, just the amount of names, the Hall of Famers, like the guys that have played – that put that uniform on, it's it's incredible to be a part of that
1: I had a buddy of mine um was in the clubhouse and he sent me a picture of that and he goes can yeah. you find your name and I literally found it within like you know you zoom in I'm like dude that's exactly where I signed it. <laughs> and you, start thinking, you start thinking about because like, I'm a little bit of like a baseball like historian and fan like I, I appreciate all that stuff like the impact like going to Boston and New York and Wrigley like all the history and getting to play for the Yankees even though my time was short like it's, a, it's kind of a big deal. You got to play for one of the best franchises ever. Um, that last year, um, you struck out – you got your 3,000 strikeout. Mm-hmm. Do you ever sit back and think of, – first of all, only 18 pitchers to do it, and you're the third left-hander to do it ever in the history of baseball. Like, do you ever think about that and go, that's crazy? Like, to think yeah. about, like, the significance of that.
0: I always think about it, and then I think about the third lefty which is crazy because it's Randy Johnson and Steve Carlton. Like, I'm not even in the same league as those dudes. You know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah, of like, course you are. So to be able to, like, have my name on that list, but then to be the third African-American, like, that's a big thing too because, you know, I came from the, I came from the hood. I grew up in the inner city in Vallejo, and to be able to, like, have a borderline Hall of Fame career, have 3,000 strikeouts, no,
1: that's like – It's not – we're going to talk about that in <laughs> that slow little segment. It's not borderline. <laughs>
0: We'll see. I mean, I, I mean, I pray for, I mean, I pray for it. I hopefully that happens, but like, just even to be mentioned, you know what I'm saying? Like coming from where I came from, it, it's amazing. I get goosebumps right now. Just thinking about it. Like it's, it's incredible, man. Like to be able to beat those odds and be able to pitch for 19 years. And like, I don't know, it's, it's I mean, it's nothing that I could have ever dreamed of in my life ever.
1: Yeah. I think when you get done and you'll, you'll find this, cause I'm, I'm five years out, I think um, maybe six you start reflecting a little bit more like about what you've done. It'll almost seem like you don't even remember some of it. Like if you think about your first couple of years in, in Cleveland, like stuff you did, you're, it almost will seem like a lifetime ago. And it'll start really hitting home. There's sometimes I get like sad about it, sad in a way of like, I miss it. And it's like, God, I can't believe I got to do that. And the significance. So you're going to start going through those emotions, and you're going to start thinking about what you did. Like, granted, I won a hundred games. I struck out like 1,200 people, like a third of what you did. So, like, I'm a third of a Hall of Famer. That's kind of what my brother and I joke around about. But you'll start thinking about like that stuff. Like, God, that was man. I, I put some work in, and you and you. There'll be a sense of pride about that too. It's it's pretty amazing. The only thing I can say of, of three, um, I I hold like a a weird. I don't want to say record, but Max Scherzer, myself, and someone else. I was watching TV. Um, it was one of two things I can't, I'm, I'm blanking. It's either gave up five home runs in a game. There's only like three pitchers to ever do it, and I'm one of them. Or it was, it was that or start a game off with three consecutive home runs. It was one of those things where I'm like, dude, I'm one of those three pitchers. I'm one of those. <laughs> so, see, I mean, when I think, I don't know if I'm in that caliber of those pitchers, like you're saying, but. It's the only thing I got to hang my hat on, my friend.
0: More strikes, though, so that's that's good. That's a good thing.
1: you're talking about you're talking about Hall of Fame stuff. I'm talking about giving up bombs. Um, so listen, so like in five years you're gonna be up for the Hall of Fame. Like, have you like thought about that? Like the significance of that?
0: I haven't thought about it yet. Um, like, I'm more excited to go for Jeeps. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my first like real friend that's going to the Hall of Fame. So maybe if i get there like if, if you know next year when they do the, the ceremony then maybe i'll think about it but like um something that would be really cool is that somebody told me um because me and ichi came in together oh one was our first year and but you got, robbed, you got robbed you got
1: robbed of a rookie of the year you were yeah, second he, he yeah
0: won the rookie of the year and the mvp which is crazy but if he he retired at the, at the beginning of last year i retired at the end so we could go into the to the hall of fame together which would be Sick. Obviously, he's the first ballot. You know, we'll have to see what happens with me. But to be able to be rookies that year, like, battling for rookie of the year and then retire the same year and then go into the Hall of Fame, that would be incredible.
1: Like, listen, I was looking – I was doing some research for this last night and looked at um, Hall of Fame. There's 80 pitchers in the Hall of Fame. um, Mm -hmm. And of the people that have struck out 3,000, there's only two guys that are not in the Hall of Fame. It's Schilling and Clemens. And that's because more – Yeah, and it's more of the reasons of there was there's a little controversy around the steroid era and and if they did stuff and if they didn't do stuff and Schilling's pretty outspoken, so the media some of the media writers don't really love him, but if you think about that, like there's no way you don't get in, in my mind. And you 251 wins. I started looking at pitchers of those 80 pitchers that had more wins than you. There's not a ton of them. I mean, like. There's maybe a third that had more winners. And you're talking about guys that pitch, like, in the 40s where they're making, like, 50 starts a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> so, there's like, in my mind, there's no way you don't get in.
0: No, a, it's just crazy to think about, like, when I was 20 years old, you know, I got my first win in, in Detroit and didn't even know if I won the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I had no idea, like, how a win worked, all of that shit. Burbs was another one that came in and was like, hey, kid, you just got the win. Like, I went five innings, gave up six runs. And in the and in the um in the the top of the next inning before somebody came in, we scored a bunch. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you I mean like that. Win. That's like, a I'm win. Like, How the fuck does work? You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Like, I'm like from win one to, to win 251, like it was just an incredible journey. So no, nah, I'm blessed either way. But you know, I would I would love love to be a Hall of Famer. Um,
1: I wore my I, Co- I wore my Cooperstown hat. <laughs> just for you from baseballism. I wore I wore it just for this.
0: I was going to ask you, what do you think about the steroid era guys going into the Hall of Fame? Because obviously you played, I played at the tail end of that era. And I played
1: right in the middle so of it. You
0: played right in the middle of it. Like what what, what do you think about that? I, w-
1: I was super naive when I came, kind of like you, same same thing. Like I didn't know what was going on. So I'm going out there and pitching games and I'm facing Maguire, Sosa, Bonds, like those guys that were massive men, like bigger than I'd ever seen. And I yeah. just thought that's who they were. And so I didn't, I didn't really realize how rampant it was when I was doing it. So when I think back on, on it now, like I was clean, I wasn't doing that stuff. I already threw hard, I, like the temptation to do it for me. was like, I already threw 96, 97 miles an hour. Like, am I going to throw a hundred and be that much better? Or am I going to get hurt? So like, I didn't do it, but you know, I wanted it an even playing field. You know, because yeah. those guys, those guys, to me, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't the big hitters that, that bothered me. It was the middle infielders. It was the second baseman or the shortstop that was a career like 230 hitter yeah. that I'm supposed to get out in like four pitches. And they're sitting there fouling balls off and running my pitch count up. Those are the guys that irritated me the most. Um, you know, when I think on the flip side, like, I get why guys did it. I, get, I totally get it. You know, you're talking about an absurd amount of money. Um, some guys that are borderline AAA guys, big league guys, that might be the difference between. And I had a lot of friends that did it, that admitted it, that got caught in the whole Mitchell report. Um, and I don't blame them. I don't think any. I don't think worse of them. They're good people. They're really good people. But you know, when I talked about, I'm interested, and I always talked about it. Like, hey, why did you? Why did you do it? A couple guys are like, I was super self-conscious. I was. I was worried about supporting my family and making money to take care of them. So I get it. I totally got it. But you know, I wanted, I wanted an even playing field. Should those guys get in the hall of fame? I don't know. You can't take away what Barry Bonds, like, so what? He had a 600 foot home run instead of a 550 foot home run. Like that doesn't bother me. So those are tremendous athletes that are going to shape the baseball history. At some point, I think, You know, if if the stats and all that stuff are on the field, show it. Why not?
0: Yeah. See, I'm like you. Like Like at that time, I mean, obviously, I was coming up through Double A and Triple A. I mean, Double Single A and Double A and all that stuff. Um, And you saw guys doing it, you know. But like, I was just too lazy. And I I,
1: I (laughs) like I gotta take it and I gotta work out. (laughs) I gotta work out on this shit. Fuck that. No chance. Like, I take my chances just being fat and throwing hard. Like. But then Um, I think that, I think that was for us, we already threw hard. Yeah. So you're taking risk reward. You're like, do I take the chance of, I mean, you are already up towards a hundred, like do I, am I going to throw 102 and be that much better and take the chance of like blowing out in my fourth year? My whole thing was you played 19 years. I played 20 years of professional ball. We played. did you play more? How many total years?
0: I played – I would have played 21 total years. So,
1: 21 total years. My whole thing was I would rather make the same amount of money I was going to make in 20 years than play five years and make that money. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of like the thought pro- – could I have made more money if I did better? Maybe. Um, but my thought process, I wanted the experience. I wanted to meet all these friends. Like, I wanted to have teammates like you and AJ and, and Swish – that if I would have got hurt, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have had all those stories. I wouldn't have had all those friendships and relationships. So it kind of, you know, I, I played the risk-reward thing.
0: That's true. That's a great way to look at it, too. Like, having a longer career over, over, you know, being massive and, and being the best for a short amount of time. You know Just what I'm saying? Just think
1: of the things you would have missed out on. You would yeah. have missed out on on. Tons, say you blew out in – say you did it and you blew out in 2007. There's no World Series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Granted, you made a bunch of money, and that's great. And that's, you know – it's always important. People say the money's not. Of course, it is. You can take care of your family. That's all good. But yeah, you had the World Series. Like that's. You know, I was there for three and a half months. I got a World Series ring. It's a. It's a cool thing to have. Yeah. It's not it, everything, but it's the experience.
0: No, nah, it, it makes and it makes you feel good about, at the end of your career if you got a
1: ring. You know what oh, I'm for saying? For sure. <laughs> for sure. I have my ring. I, I. I brought it out just just to have it because I heard you say <laughs> last night. You didn't even know where yours were. I got to figure out where that thing is, bro. I have no idea where it is. I I did. I was like, God, where would I put it? I think it's in my safe. I don't know if it is or not, but like, yeah, I've wore it a few times, like here and there. I almost feel bad wearing it sometimes. I've done some stuff where Trevor Hoffman was there Yeah. and it was like, I had my ring on. It was like at a fun, uh, like a fundraiser and I took it off and put it in my pocket. (laughs) Cause I was like, here's a guy that's like a hall of famer. doesn't have a world series. I was almost like, almost felt bad. But like, you
0: know what though? I bet you he would trade you. He would trade you the Hall of Fame for that ring.
1: Oh, but I be, mean for sure. There's, and and you know, I think as kids we sit. I mean, I can remember playing wiffle ball with my brother in the backyard. We were. I was the Mets. Daryl Strawberry to White Gooden. And you, you know, three. It's two outs, bottom of the ninth, three two in the World Series. In the World that's Series. What, that's what we're playing for, and it, yeah. like it means a lot. And granted, like I said, I I had got released and broke my shoulder. I was the biggest fan of you guys. You, you had never seen anyone cheering more than me when you guys were, were out there. I had a broke shoulder, and I just had my two kids. And they're sitting next to me, and I'm in a sling. I'm like <laughs> – I still remember when A-Rod hit that home run, like, late in the game to, like – I think it was a tied up or take the – I was, screaming, neighbor, I was yeah. screaming, screaming. <laughs> because, like, I knew the Like this like, this may be my only shot at ever getting a World Series ring
0: yeah yeah I, I, that coming back from that shoulder injury is is tough i can't believe you did that like this is the hardest thing i've ever done in my life is rehabbing this shoulder man like obviously i blew it out on the last pitch of the you know my career last year but like i've ripped my capsule labrum everything and it's been it's been rough man i haven't had a good night's sleep since that since that night and listen
1: you got you have to get it in good enough shape we do a thing in wichita it was supposed to be back on this year um where a bunch of old players come and we play in a tournament i've been texting you for like three years yeah like, hey, you're you done that. you got to do this so you got to get it enough to come out there like you said you could be a bullpen guy one hitter
0: now i you might know? come in and get a lefty out i won't be able to <laughs> play any but I, I i'll get it back to i can i can get a I I want to hit too can we
1: Can I? Right, be absolutely uh oh, yeah. I'm brad penny brad penny jason marquis jason marquis in the final game two years ago played left field we had guys. We had guys go home, like, because there's obligations. We're there for like a week or ten days, and guys like, I gotta go back home. I gotta work. I gotta do this. So Marquis like, I'm sticking. I'll play left field. So, so yeah, and first base, we got LaRoche playing first. But you got, I think you got more power than LaRoche. No, I'm you know? good. I can play. I can play the outfield, there And I'm leaving I'm leaning, I'm leaning <laughs> out. You, <know? laughs> hey, you, you touched on one thing. Um, you talked about being the 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 third the third pitcher with 3,000 strikeouts, the only African American. Do you think about that when it comes to the Hall of Fame? Like, I think Lee Smith is the last African-American to get in the Hall of Fame. And there's not a ton. If you take the Negro League guys out um, of the picture in the modern day era, there's not a ton of African-Americans. And there's definitely a a decline in the amount of kids that are playing baseball right now. Um, I know you had on your uh, podcast, which we haven't even talked about, uh, R2C2 is your podcast. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. If anybody is listening – go listen to CeCe's podcast. It's great. Um, but you, you and Justin Upton talked about a little bit about it. What do you think is going on with it, all that?
0: Man, you know, it's tough um, in, in the inner cities because obviously baseball is an expensive sport. Um, you know, they don't have it available at the Boys and Girls Club, and that's where really you learn how to play sports if you grew up like I did. I went to a Boys and Girls Club, learned how to box, basketball, um, football, but there was no baseball. So, you know, my mission is to try to bring, you know, baseball back to the industry. Another big thing, too, is you can't get a full scholarship. So a kid like me that grew up in Vallejo that played football and – I played basketball, too, but I was a better football and baseball player. Like, if I wasn't to college, I would have had to play football because my mom can't make up the difference in that scholarship. You know what I'm right. saying? So that just kind of takes kids out of it. So we got to figure out a way to, you know, get these kids to the next level. Um, you know, for me – being who I am, like I never wanted to change who I was. I always go to the Boys and Girls Club in the Bronx. I always go back home, and I'm doing stuff, and I'm trying to be in the in the, in the communities just so I can so I can let people see me. Like Dave yeah. Stewart walked to my Boys and Girls mm-hmm. Club when I was nine years old, and it changed my life. You know what I mean? Like set me on the path where that's what I want to do. Like I want to be that guy. So I want to be that one one of those guys. I want to be that guy for one of those kids. So. Um, it's, it's, it's important to me. Like it's super important to me The work me and my wife do for the boys and girls club being there, not just throwing money at it. And like actually being in the community and, and, you know, trying to be a real role model for one of these kids.
1: Hey, while we're all being safe, waiting this out at home, you can still have fun betting with our partner betonline.ag. No NBA, NHL, or MLB, but don't worry. BetOnline still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR, Madden, and NBA 2K simulations, UFC, online casino with poker and blackjack. And be sure to check out the final dance with roundtable interviews from ex-Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper as they discuss the the Michael Jordan documentary in full they're still fun to be had so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code mypod100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit again that's betonline.ag and use the promo code mypod100 betonline your online wagering solution yeah cuz you i mean you're i think that's the main point you just said you're there you're not just a name to a foundation or, or what you're doing. You're actually hands-on. You're at the events. You're giving out backpacks. You're giving out shoes. You're giving out clothes. You're giving out everything, and, and you're present. And I think that's the biggest thing because without like role models and superstars that have done it to say, hey, if, if I can do it, and this is where I came from, you can do it too. Yeah, for and sure. I, I think that's important, Cece. I think, I think it's a, well, a job well done.
0: Thank you. And and I still have a gr- a great close relationship with, with Dave Stewart. You know what I'm saying? But like Stu's call the best, anybody. man. Stu's awesome. But like meeting him at nine years old is the only reason I'm sitting sitting here today. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know Stu that. Li-
1: Stu, Stu lives, we, we live in the same city. Oh, so okay. he, he lives like five minutes from me. And so we'll run into each other at random places like the golf course <laughs> or something. i be like, what's up, Stu? And he's just always got that like serious look. But he's yeah. just, like so soft-spoken. He gave one of the best talks I have ever seen. It was 2010 after I broke my shoulder. I re-signed with Oakland and I was in extended extended spring coming back from it. And he got to talk to the extended spring kids. And I have never wanted to grab a ball and go out and pitch more than after that talk. And I had, you know, I had 12 years in the big leagues at that point. Never. And I was like, man, if you're not motivated by that, and it's him coming out and talking to these younger kids. And granted, these kids were already signed and 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 delivered to Oakland. But you know it's that motivation it's that that presence and being like i said being present that's going to make the a world a difference in these kids lives for sure yeah all right um i'm going to wrap you up uh usually we play a game with everyone um so i've tailored made a game to you um uh-huh. so it's called a b or c c all right <laughs> so i'm going to give you uh, just a little question and and a multiple choice and you can you can elaborate on the on the answers or you can just leave it as as a one one word answer all right all right uh what food are you over on this diet a quinoa b meats or c c veggies
0: um i would have to go with b meats like I, yeah I, i'm good i'm good on the on the veggies and the quinoa like okay. I'm I'm locked in, like you know. I feel pretty good, like I like Get the I'm, meat
1: sweats at night. You're like, I'm that's what's so yeah. Like, like <laughs> when I have a
0: steak, I'm like, fuck, man, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, what what do you miss the most on the diet? A pizza, B pasta, or C C uh, desserts or donuts? Oh,
0: it had to be C. It had to definitely <laughs> be desserts, donuts. Like my wife laughs at me because like I'm on my Instagram all day just looking up like gluten-free and like vegan <laughs> vegan desserts and like shit that we can bake but uh so it, it, I'm a huge sweets guy like I mean
1: that's got to be hard like it's
0: hard it's hard with the sweets have you and, cheated like,
1: at all have you gone like dude I'll just have a little bit I haven't, are, you, are you afraid you're gonna go off the deep end
0: nah I won't go off the deep end like I'm pretty I'm pretty locked in right now but it's like for me it's no point in cheating right now because like I much rather just wait till I can go to Carbon and then have dessert there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like do it all, have it all. The, yeah, while we here at the house, I might as well lock in on the diet so that you know I have better habits when we when we do get to go outside. So I haven't cheated at all, man. It's been uh, it's I've been doing pretty good. But like I can go, I can go like six months without a dessert, and then I will have dessert every night for two years straight. Dude, you know, my,
1: what <laughs> my, <laughs> my kids every night, no matter how much food they eat we'll eat and literally if we eat late and in bedtime soon it's like clockwork we're like hey let's let's watch a show before bed as soon as that show comes on they're like what's for dessert every single night (laughs) and it's hard not to like you're like i'm dad like yeah i'll have a cookie with you i felt guilty last night having a cookie because i just watched you on on mlb live and you're talking about (laughs) not having a donut for months i'm like i'm gonna be eating this cookie right now
0: my youngest daughter is a baker so she makes pizookies every night like She'll make a whole pan of cookies and, like, make it into that one big cookie, put ice cream on top literally every night. The other day, my wife is, is in here. She's making donuts tomorrow morning. So, like
1: – So, your family doesn't love you. Apparently. My family
0: don't give a – they don't care at all. Like, they don't – like, if I'm on a the diet, they, they They go the opposite way. Like, they bring Chick-fil-A and Burger King and everything in. Like, it's it's hard to, like, stay away from it.
1: All right. Um, Best big league city for food. A New York, B Atlanta, C C Chicago.
0: Chicago. Chicago. Chicago for sure. I love Chicago. Yeah. Chicago in the summertime is the best city in America to me.
1: Dude, like, nothing like like getting up, going to grab some lunch, walking down Michigan Avenue, doing some shopping like that. That like. Everyone say, "What's your favorite road city to go to?" I love Seattle. I think Seattle has it. Like Seattle's dope food. too.
0: Seattle's got great food, by great the way. Great food.
1: Great. Like, I played. Great I played there two years, and like it was some of my favorite two years. But yeah. Chicago, there's some. I don't know. There's something about summertime, like right on the lake and a little Bro, wind. It, like it's,
0: it's clean. It's like and when it's nice and it's not uh, cold and windy. I yeah. mean, literally, they got the best restaurants. Like they got a towel there now. Like. They got everything. Like staying at the peninsula right there by Michigan Avenue, my favorite hotel. Well, plus city.
1: if you go like if you go into the city to New York, like is gonna cost you like two thousand bucks.
0: Yeah. So, you know what's so. crazy is that, like playing in New York, it takes New York out of it.
1: You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like
0: sure. it takes it out for me because you know, I, I don't really go into the city that much. So, um, you know, going to, even like riding Japan to Chicago. Yeah.
1: Oh, Japan's. That was, oh, Japan. I haven't heard that forever. varnish. <laughs> we would go into Chicago and especially the young kids like, listen, Hey, I got three dinners. Anybody that wants to come with me can come with me. It was cheesecake factory, uh, uh, Ghiridano's East, Giordano's East and yep. Rana Japan's yep. and, and that order is like, <laughs> it's in that order. It's not changing. If you want to go, you're welcome. If not, don't even bother. That's every what, single time. Like,
0: like, playing with the Indians, you stay at that Westin. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, when, you play, when you play for the Yankees, you stay at that Peninsula. Giordano's is right out of the door. Yeah. Like, it's literally right there. So, like, I mean, I would walk there for, for lunch every day.
1: Ron in Japan, that shrimp appetizer with, that like, that egg – Gunky. Yeah, yeah, oh awesome. <laughs> man. I haven't thought about that place in years. The heart yeah. attack they called it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, best basketball player. A Michael Jordan. B Steph Curry. C C LeBron James.
0: Nah, uh MJ for sure. Have you been watching this documentary?
1: I've seen I've seen one episode of it, yeah.
0: Yeah, nah. It's with the doc. Um, it's getting this generation, letting this generation know who the real goat is. So, like, I've been enjoying watching it. I make my boys watch it. We watch it, um, that rewatch the episodes and all that stuff, but
1: because you have history with LeBron and Cleveland, you guys. Yeah, are you know, I've,
0: I've been watching LeBron since he was a freshman. I started watching him as a freshman in high school, so yeah, I've been knowing LeBron for since he was fourteen years old. We, you know, we got a good relationship. I got I do the podcast Uninterrupted, really close with math. But growing up, MJ, like I mean. He's the guy, man. Like yeah. it's
1: not even... well. And you were a jo- you were a Jordan athlete, so I'm a Jordan
0: athlete. But do I mean... you still
1: get? Are you still? Hey, you retired. Are you still getting Jordan stuff? Yeah, just...
0: right now I'm still getting
1: my boxes, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big thing. Hey, listen, I was an Adidas guy. Um, that when I stopped playing, like it got cut off. And it's like the the, the 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 rations that are up in my closet are dwindling little by little. So it's like there's like an Adidas outlet about 20 minutes from me. So I'm like, I gotta go get my Adidas from the outlet now because it's like. Nah, man, thing.
0: I'm luckily still getting my boxes right now, man. I always jo-
1: I always, I, you know, I always send you a text like size 13, man. You're not here to California. Let's go. I just got some Jordan golf shoes. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah,
0: golf shoes now.
1: Yeah, um, best Raiders coach ever. Tom Flores, B. John Madden, C. C. John Gruden.
0: Um, I'm gonna have to go with Flores for sure.
1: Any, any, uh, you want to talk about Gruden at all? Uh, I mean, <laughs> not really. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, you love I him.
0: Hopefully, hopefully, he can turn it around, man. We've drafted good the last two years, though. They
1: had a good draft we this year.
0: We've drafted, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Mayock is is awesome. So you know, hopefully he can turn it around and get some good personnel in there, and we can you know do some things in Vegas. I'm looking forward to going to Vegas.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say Beth, This that leads into our next question. Uh, best Raiders home city: A. L. A. B. Oakland, C. C. Vegas.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. I, I mean, all three really. Like, how can no, you come do on? Three? Like
1: Oakland, like Oakland. Like, that's not, like...
0: like, The actual, like, stadium. But, like, that being so close to my house, like, where I can just drive to a Raider game, like... Well, And the the
1: tailgating in Oakland is amazing. The tailgating
0: was legendary in
1: Oakland. Yeah, you can't get... I don't think there's a better stadium set up for that.
0: No, I only tailgated a couple times in in L.A., but I was as a kid. Um, But I'm wondering how it's going to be in Vegas with the tailgating. Um, But, I mean, Vegas is so entertaining and stuff to do, like... That stadium's, gonna be,
1: that stadium's going to be crazy.
0: Yeah, it's going to be insane. I mean, it looks insane. So, I'm just looking forward to just be having a chance to hang out in Vegas and, like, enjoy you, the right you, show getting, like make it a whole weekend. You know what I
1: mean? Did you get season tickets?
0: No, I didn't buy season tickets. I'm going I'm, uh, I'm to see. Everybody went crazy and, and bought them all up uh, right away. So, I'll wait a couple years and, and maybe get into a suite.
1: All right. Best Yankee of all time. A, Babe Ruth. B, Mickey Mantle, C, C, Joe DiMaggio. These are these are old timers.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with um, Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle, that's a solid choice. Our, you
1: know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Best Yankee you played with? A, Mariano Rivera, B, Derek Jeter, C, C, Brett Tomko. i'm
0: gonna go i'm gonna go with mo and tom (laughs) co
1: mo was great mo was like i got to spend a lot of time with him down in the bullpen nothing of what i expected him to be i had played with trevor and you think about the two of the best closers of all time arguably and trevor was trevor's great he's one of my favorite players i've ever played with joke around the first three innings uh middle three innings in the clubhouse the last three innings he's locked in don't talk to him Unless he addresses you, don't talk to him. Mo was di- Mo was different. Mo come down there and just hang out, and there'd be like, I'd be watching the game, and I'm uh, you you know you can tell you're like gosh it's close you know it's the ninth yeah. inning you know the runs on the board, and he's just like shooting the shit with you, and I'm like Mo you gotta like, like yeah be ready, and then all of a sudden he gets called, he takes his few warm up pitchers and goes out there and gets it.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. just the way he dominated the league with one pitch for. I mean, however many years he played, I mean, that's incredible to do. And he could pitch. Like, yeah. he knew how he could throw his two-seamer. He had a good changeup, like, but all he needed was that cutter. Like, I mean, and, and for him later in his career to start throwing that two-seamer, he
1: was uh, uh dude, he, he was. was dude, he was. And he incredible.
0: could teach you a lot. Like, he taught me that cutter. Him and Andy taught me the cutter.
1: So when he taught you the cutter, I know he taught he, – I asked him about the cutter. I think, like, dude, I, this is my chance to so learn the best cutter in the game. Yeah. So he's he's telling a story like – well, he's telling a story like growing up and working on a fishing boat when he was like yeah, 13. Was. And so now he's telling me the cutter and he's like, "Yeah, I just picked the ball up and I hold it and at the last second I just go like and I'm like, "That's it." Like <laughs> What are you saying? Like that's that's the key to this cutter is this at the end? I'm like little- I'm like, "How did you think of it?" Like were you and I was joking, I said, "Were you on the boat and someone made you mad and you threw a fish and it cut <laughs> and you're like, I was like, oh man, I must have to throw a baseball like that. But that was it. Like, he had this little thing, and that's what's his thought. But that's a lot of pitching. It's that thought process.
0: Yeah. I mean, but even just how you interpret it. So, like, me interpreting that right there was just like, all right, so how can I get my arm in that position so I don't have to do this? So, right. like, for me, like, the way I, I thought about it, like, I would always, I was always just like throwing a football. Like I would be like throwing a football and then I would just cut it in half. Does that make sense, like, yeah, no, for it's sure. the weirdest thing. So my hand was still in the same position, but I would just I would have it basically cocked from back here. You know yeah.
1: what I'm saying? Your cutter the last couple of years was ridiculous. It was getting good. I wish it I would. I wish I would have learned
0: when I first got there. Right. Yeah. Same
1: thing. My cutter the last like four years of my career. I wish I would have learned that like right at the beginning. Man, I would. I would have taken my slide. I would have thrown my slider away. Said I don't need a slider. I
0: I wish I would have threw the two-seamer and the cutter in Cleveland. Like wow. I would have been a
1: different guy. I would have won 105 games, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got. I got. How many more? I got. I got a few. A few more. Um, toughest father-son combo you think to face? We got Vladdy and Vladdy Jr. Wow. The Buschets or the Gwyns? Uh, Vladdy
0: and Vladdy Jr.
1: Vladdy. See, I haven't. See, I, I face. I face Tony and Tony and Tony Jr. Um. Is that weird for you too? Like, was that weird? Yeah. I know when I faced Junior Tony, it was weird because I'm yeah, like, sure. I faced your dad. Like, I know how to get your dad out. Do I pitch you the same? Like, I don't know. But yeah, like Vladdy, Vladdy Junior is a he's a he's, he's a different a animal. And he knows how
0: to hit. And obviously, Vlad, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. But you know, what was even like the weirdest thing for me is last year in spring training, I faced Dash Cameron. I faced Mike Cameron. Oh
1: no way, bro! He was like.
0: He, was, he used to shag in the outfit with me in Milwaukee. Yeah. And I'm facing him, like, at Himes. And I'm like, oh, this is, like, Dude, this is weird." Really I've done on the baseball field. Like, yeah. this is
1: crazy. Like, Daz was in the clubhouse in Seattle when I played with Mike. But he was, like, two years old. He was a baby. I, that's what I, I'm saying. So,
0: like, to see him now in AAA, like, it was,
1: it was crazy. That's, that's, when, when, you was know, like, that's oh, when you know you're old. You're <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Um, okay. Big game starter. You got one start. Who are you going to throw out there? You got A, Ben Sheets, B, A.J. Burnett, C, Andy – or C.C., Andy Pettit.
0: I would go – oh, I'm going T.T. all day. Um, yeah. Andy Pettit. Um, you know, he, he, he won in, – in 09, he won every game clinching uh, – mm-hmm. he, he clinched every series.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah.
0: The Angels and the World Series. So, no, bet, no better guy to have out there besides Andy Pettit.
1: All right, Josh is not. Josh had to take a, a leave of absence, so we're finishing up. If you got to drill one Astro, who are you drilling? A Correa, B Altuve, CC C, Bregman. I think this all is,
0: three of them right in the row.
1: You will make Josh the happiest person ever with that answer. <laughs> There's an ongoing thing this whole podcast because it's Dodger base. And yeah. it's, it's Josh hates the Astros in every <laughs> aspect of life hates the Astros. He, he would love that. All right. Two more. What stat is the most impressive to you? A 251 wins B 3000 strikeouts CC playing 19 years.
0: Uh, CC for me, 19 years. I never, I never dreamed of playing that long. Like for me, it was just a dream to, to, to play in the big leagues and, I remember my rookie year, like, every day I thought I was getting sent down. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just think somebody's coming. <laughs> Looking in, over like, your
1: shoulder all the
0: time. Every day. So, to be able to, like, have a full career and, and, you know, go from the youngest guy in the league to one of the oldest or the oldest, like, it's just, it's just a blessing. I keep saying that. But, um, like, I, I never could have dreamed, you know, playing that long.
1: Yeah, it's the longevity. I mean, I think that's the most impressive. Um, all right, next question. When you enter the Hall of Fame, what uniform are you going to wear? A. Cleveland Indians. B. Milwaukee Brewers. C. New York Yankees.
0: Nah, New York Yankees for sure. Um, for just sure. to be a part of this like this this <laughs> organization and the history and you know if I am lucky enough, I definitely want to have an NY on my cap for sure.
1: Well, listen, I in my mind, you're you're a no brainer, um, Hall of Famer, and like I said, um, you know the longevity of playing. <clears throat> I think when it's all said and done, you're in the Hall of Fame you know, is, are people going to be able to rattle off your stats? 251 wins, you know, three point, whatever ERA 3000 or whatever strikeouts, probably not. But when it comes down to it, I think we all want it at the end of the day, when somebody says, Hey, what kind of guy was CC Sabathia? Dude, he was a great guy. He was awesome. Like one of my favorite teammates to play with. And I think, you know, for me, that was important um, playing as long and, and and being part of teams that you want to have people remember you as being a good dude. And I think you're one of the best, dude.
0: I appreciate that, man. And that's something that I like really strive to be is just like a good teammate. And, you know, to hear you say that, you know, we played together and to hear you say that is awesome. So that was just something that, you know, came from the Indians and, you know, take care of your teammates, be a good teammate, but, you know, go out and play hard. And that's all I tried to ever do.
1: All right, buddy. Um, If you want to hear CC on his podcast, it's R2C2. Um, mm-hmm check it out it's great you guys got a lot of episodes um i listened to it to try to get some pointers um and enjoy enjoy quarantine man it looks like you're thriving <laughs> you try to keep it going man <laughs> right man all right man i appreciate you coming on buddy no problem all right see you bud